everybody, and welcome to Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and we have <laughs> what could be the most special episode for you. I know I say that every single week, but um, this one is not just because of the guests and topics, but also because we have a pretty big announcement today. So um, we were informed about a week ago that uh, the live stream, the Nerd Life Network, as it stands, will be no more. Uh, due to some financial issues, kind of changing of the house or housekeeping, I guess, however you'd like to say it. Uh, but, so to speak, after this week, this will be the comics last Comics and Cinema live stream. Uh, and I believe for those of you that follow our other Nerd Life Network partners, Earth's Mightiest Weirdos, Agents of Field, Nerdy Girls After Dark, same for them. There will be no more live streams going forward. Uh, I'm not sure what the plans are for those groups. Uh, but for comics and cinema, essentially things will be going back to the way that they were right before the live stream. So in terms of expectations for our listeners who have been listening uh, in podcast format, absolutely no change. Uh, the shows will still be coming out as usual. Uh, it just won't be every Tuesday night. Uh, it will be on those random days whenever I'm able to do a recording or uh, get my guests on. Uh, which honestly is uh, a lot easier for me. This has been uh, a great experience. I've had a lot of learning uh, through this live stream, and it was something I always wanted to try. Uh, and I think it was the perfect time to kind of put a pause on it as well, just because life stuff has kind of been happening. And uh, I, uh, in my job, I am on uh, Microsoft Teams. I'm on video all day long. So uh, I get kind of stressed and anxious whenever I'm on longer than I need to in video format. But again, um, for those of you tuning in and watching uh, who are fans from YouTube, check out Comics and Cinema on whatever podcast you listen to. I'm available on Apple, Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, Amazon Podcast. I tried to get out on all of them, but there's we're almost about to hit our 250th episode. So for those of you that are maybe newer, welcome, welcome. Uh, we have plenty of content available and more to come. So uh, thanks again to those of you that have been tuning into the live streams. Uh, again, it's been an absolute blast, uh, but continue to check us out in podcast format where uh, things will stay exactly the same. So uh, without further ado, as the title of this card suggests, uh, today we are talking about two pretty big properties from Warring Studios. We are going to be talking about Black Adam uh, the new rock movie that uh, just came out last week. And we're also going to be talking about She-Hulk, the entire show in general. So in order to break down both of those properties, uh, and also an extra, extra surprise that we'll talk about here shortly, may put her on the spot, but welcome to a uh, friend of the show, Maya. Hey, everyone. Hey, Alex. Thanks for having me again, especially yeah, the hey, last live stream. Feels only mm -hmm. right. Yeah, exactly. Yes, very fitting. Uh, the surprise I'm going to pounce on you with is uh, two Marvel trailers dropped today. Yeah. Did uh, Did you get a chance to watch the Ant-Man trailer or the Guardians uh, of the Galaxy trailer? I watched both multiple times, and okay. I absolutely love them. I awesome. mean, I feel like we've done this trailer so well. Like, I don't think we've really had a Marvel trailer where, like, oh, that looks horrible, or so... Um, I'm excited. Yeah, the uh, I saw the Ant-Man trailer this morning. I watched it on my phone, uh, and it was very early in the morning, so I was very tired. So I don't remember a lot of it, but I really liked it. I loved how much Jonathan Majors we got in here. It seems like mm -hmm. maybe different versions of him as well. Uh, looked like possible hints to 
maybe some connections with the Ten Rings or with Miss Marvel's bangle. And just in terms of the, there was the design of some city that looked like it was a bunch of uh, similar rings. I don't know if you caught that. Um, mm -hmm. Some of the creatures looked pretty cool. Uh, I got to ask Maya, did you, uh, did your eyebrows raise when you saw Hope's new haircut? I, yeah, it did. It really, I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. It's giving Captain Marvel a little bit, but yeah. I yeah, um, I, and we'll see. Again, I saw it on a very tiny phone. It just looked like she had some, like a little bit of fur on her head. And I was like, okay, <laughs> so maybe it plays a little better on a bigger screen, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you're constantly like wearing a helmet, it may be like a tactical thing, you know, like how Captain sure. Marvel like, cut her hair. Um, so I guess we'll find out more about it. But I, I dig yeah. the shortcut. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we got some, we got a quick little sneak peek at... Um, Bill Murray is in the movie, uh, which was pretty mm -hmm. cool. No idea who he's playing. We just a shot of him looking at something, but um, that was interesting. And we got our look at what the new, uh, what's her name? Catherine, uh, who's playing Cassie. Uh, yes. I'm, I'm blanking on the actress's name, but I, yeah. I like her. Um, I think yeah. like, um, so far I, I'm like, I think she'll be a good Cassie. Better than I think Emma so too. But and I'm also just really excited to see more Janet. Like I remember at the end of like or Ant Man and the Wasp, I'm like, I want to see more Janet. I want to see more Janet. And it's just like now this is her world, the quantum realm. She was stuck here for X amount of years, decades. So um, I thought, and I think you know, with our group, we always you know talk about comic connections and things like that. But I thought it was going to be more like Young Avengers focus, and it doesn't mm. seem like that may be the case. So um, it's going to be cool to see just like something new and fresh. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it, it's, it seems really cool too, from the perspective of, of the Ant-Man trilogy, because, mm -hmm. you know, that first movie we got what maybe a minute and a half of him getting super small and going into the quantum realm. And it was like, Whoa, what is this place? And then I remember them saying like, just you wait, like this next movie we're going in the quantum realm. And then when we saw it, right, you know, you only get to see Janet a little bit in the beginning, but really at the end of the movie. And even when they go into the quantum realm, like there's moments where you're like, I think there's it was like, was that a city that I saw? There was like when, it, you know, when he's shrinking down. But we barely, we probably got what, 10 minutes max, maybe in that movie. So to have this one be seems like maybe even fully dedicated to being down there in that tiny world. I, as a trilogy, I love that idea of like each time it's just we're going deeper and deeper into this unknown territory. So it makes me very excited. And even just like the idea of just like the team at first, it was just Scott. Well, a little bit. Then right, it's like, yeah. and, you know, the team of the team is building larger and larger. Now we have Cassie. We have the full team, so it's it's going to be great how they keep building on top of the characters. Yeah, so maybe in the next one uh, or whatever you know they show up in next, the team grows into a Young Avengers team. Yeah, maybe. Um, so <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, a special presentation uh, trailer just dropped maybe a couple hours ago. I just watched it um, before we came on, and um, I. I mean, you know my opinions on Guardians of the Galaxy. I like them. I There's a lot of cringe involved, and I definitely saw a lot of cringe in this trailer. But the concept of them taking Peter to Earth for Christmas is awesome to me. I think that's a really cool concept. Because I was thinking to myself, like, why haven't they done that before? I know we had talked about 
what was uh well no it would have been endgame right i mean there was a moment we were like oh when is peter quill gonna come back to earth like he's always been gone and so yes he did come back already in endgame but how cool is that of like i can imagine that scene i'll probably love of them being like hey we're gonna we're going back to earth for you buddy it's about christmas and like ah oh, meeting kevin bacon uh that part seemed kind of crazy and wild i love how groot looks but yeah again the shenanigans of drax and mantis i uh We'll see if they play better for me in a full scope of the special. I was not, uh, it was more of a, eh, okay, looks cool, but that's about it. What about you? What'd you think? I'm really excited. You know, I love the guardians. Like first I love both guardians. Oh yeah. Um, and you know, I just like silly stuff. So even though it's, you know, Mantis drags, very silly, goofy. I know that like around the holidays, which is going to be great um, to experience it. And I'm not even going to lie, right when I saw like that house and that doorbell, I'm like, they're going to see Kevin Bacon. That was like immediately came to my mind before Mantis said, oh, we want to talk to Kevin Bacon. I'm like, oh, I can't believe I like it was like a deep memory that I recalled before or when I was watching the, the trailer. So yeah. I'm excited for, like you said, finally seeing Peter Quill um, go to Earth, back to Earth since he was a child and lost his mom. So um I'm just going to be pleasantly surprised, very surprised by Werewolf by Night with this special um, presentation. So I'm just expecting good things and I'm excited. Oh, yeah. And I, you know, I don't think I don't know if I ever heard your thoughts on that. What did you think of Werewolf by Night? Oh, I loved it. I was nice. Obsessed. Okay, <laughs> I, awesome. I watched it twice um, and I, I don't really do that often um, for like non-movies. So I I really liked it. And I remember you hyped it up for me. Cause I'm like, man thing, who is that? I use like a picture of him on like my mouse pad. I'm like, why does he look like this? And then I see why everyone was raving about him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I've watched it three times already just with different people like, Hey, you know, we need to check this out right now. Cause it's so, that's what I think my favorite part of those, these special presentations is it's like, there's not a lot of commitment. You're basically watching one episode of TV, but it's a little longer and sort of feels like a movie. And now I think I'll definitely watch it a fourth time, probably on Halloween, just because to me that I'm going to be watching that every year on Halloween. Yes. And so maybe it'll be the same with this Guardians of like every Christmas rolls around, pop on the Guardians special and watch it and turn into like a like a Christmas tradition. Mm -hmm. I'm excited because like I always watch the Mary Madagascar, like the holiday version of Madagascar. So I feel yeah. like this might be like right next to it, like Ooh, immediately yeah. follow it. Exactly. I'm a, uh, I mean, I do the Pee Wee Christmas special sometimes, <laughs> uh, and then I like those Rankin and Bass, uh, like the Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. And oh those yes. Those, oh those my God, they're classic. so good. Uh, and I see we got some people who join us in the chat. Popping the popcorn says hi, hello, Brian as well, our fearless leader. Thank you to everyone for your support of the Nerd Life Network. Thank you so much, Brian, for the opportunity. Uh, so let's dive into our uh first topic so this is a movie that you just saw recently uh that uh called black adam so uh, i gotta i gotta get this from you first did you have any idea about what this movie was going to be about prior to seeing it zero expectations i saw like oh is it connection with shazam because he had the lightning bolt that looks similar um but i had no idea no idea no expectations did you see it, no forward. trailers Oh no, I, I did see the trailer. And oh. so that's when I saw the Adam Smasher suit and I saw I'm like, this is Jimmy Neutron. Like <laughs> he looked like Jimmy Neutron with the Adam and like anyway, but um outside of just like I saw the trailer, but I didn't know anything about that, like the lore surrounding him. Yeah. 
Okay, well then we'll start there. So I'd love to hear what are your overall what were your overall thoughts of the movie? Granted, it's very fresh um, in my mind, and I could just be a prisoner to the moment, but I really liked it. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. I think there was a lot of amazing themes in this film, especially when you talk about like you know heroes, villains, and then like what is like a local hero look like? What is and then people like coming into a community without having like the cultural context. So I just kind of seeing how that all like transpired between the Justice Society, between Black Adam, between Amanda Waller, all that stuff. Like I I thought it was really great. The visuals were amazing, like Cyclone. Oh yeah. Phenomenal. I that love Cyclone. Every time she was on and just getting to see the colors. Oh yeah. It was so cool. And even Dr. Fate and Granite it's kind of hard to watch this movie and not be like, okay, Adam Smasher, Ant-Man. Like, there's so right, many- Right, Dr. Like, Fate, Dr. Strange. Even Hawkman, the Falcon, like, come on. Yep. He's like the captain of it. Like, very, I I saw the similarities, but they were different enough for me to still, like, keep them separate. Because, yeah. like, Dr. Fate was more like a Mysterio meets Dr. Strange. Yeah, good Dr. point. Yep. Um, but I just love the visuals and everyone using their powers. Um and I really, I, I liked how there was kind of like a little bit of Bane-esque Dark Knight Rises with like um, Black Adam's like origin story. Did you, did you have that feeling when you watched it? Like when they went back to like flashbacks when he, like his son, him, the bald heads. I don't know. I just. From, I uh, oh, for, of just being Bane. You know, that's. I couldn't take my eyes off of, uh, and, and, and Marvel didn't do it any better with uh, tiny Steve. Right. Like I was like, yeah. you know, the, the head kind of bobbing as he's moving and you're like, what's going on. And I felt that same way with the rock when he was not Shazam. And I was just like trying, my eyes were trying to adjust to like his smaller body. So yeah, no, that yeah. thought didn't cross my mind, but now that you mention it, yeah, absolutely. It's very, very well, similar. More so There's a when lot they were, of like going back to like the flashbacks when they were like, I'm I'm blinking on the name of the city. It's Could, like uh, Kandar or something, Kandak yeah, or something Kandak, like that. Yeah, Kandak. Like when they were kind of like slaves, basically. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. I feel like that looked very kind of made me reminded me of the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, so, definitely, and it gave me um, it gave me some Prince of Egypt vibes as well. Yeah, Prince of Egypt. But overall, no, I I liked it a lot. It was great to see some like cameos, Amanda Waller, Homegirl from Peacemaker. Um, oh, yep, yep. James Gunn's wife, I forget her name. Um, and obviously the big one at the end, I'm sure we'll talk about, but oh, I yeah. liked it. I genuinely don't know why it had such a low score. So Alex, I have not read any of your comments about this in our chat. So I'm really curious. Yeah, and I, ha you know, I haven't shared a lot about it either. And I, yeah. I will say, so I, uh, I really liked it. I thought it was a really fun movie. There are some pieces of it that I think like okay this this to me is the definition of like a mainstream superhero movie basically like you know in and dc has had higher tiered films uh and marvel certainly has had a higher tier of films as well but if you're just trying to go to the movies to be entertained this thing did the trick like i there there's a lot of pieces to the plot where i was like this doesn't make sense or why is this character doing this or you know, one of the big things that you mentioned it that I really liked was like, OK, so they basically created and I so you see it in the credits that it's all fictional, right? Create this fake country 
that is akin to Egypt in a sense, right? That we, you know, had slavery way back in the day. And now we're in this modern day society where we've got these not necessarily colonizers, but it's, you know, a form of it with the intergang coming in to take over. And just, I love the, the politics of, Oh, the justice society is coming in to stop black Adam. It's like, but Black Adam is the hero of this country. It'd be the equivalent of like, you know, a group of people coming to stop Captain America. Uh, and, and if Captain America had a bad side, right? We know Black Adam is not a good person, but I just, it, that whole idea was so fascinating. And I like that they, they touched on it at moments, right? Of like, you know, these people, look at these people, they're cheering for him for what he's doing. And you guys, where have you been? Like there's, there was a mm -hmm. mention of it, but I feel like a lot of those topics felt very surface level because again i don't think that was their goal in this movie this wasn't like a watchman type movie where we're getting mm. real deep into the topics it was more of a that's our glaze and the rest of the movie is is all action and again for me i was totally fine with that because it was enough for me to say okay i like that concept i get the intergang like oh we've got the, these all of that was just like whatever i don't care i we need some nameless people for black adam to literally destroy fine with me. Like I, I love mm -hmm. that. And I, there, there were so many moments where like at the beginning of the movie, right. There's that bit where he's resurrected and uh, just absolutely destroys everyone. Right. Like oh, that slow-mo of, you know, the, the blade is coming by him and he like just pokes it in the uh, very flash esque, Right. And some of this yeah. other slow-mo stuff like Quicksilver, but still it had a flair to it where it's like, okay, we get a bit of electricity, which looked a little bit like Thor love and thunder, right? When he's spreading it out through the tree, but it, but again, it worked. And then when it was done, I was just like, man, so I get it. Like we got the big action scene and now we're going to just take a break. We're going to learn about some of these characters. And it was like, actually, we're not going to do any character development in this movie. We're giving you another action scene. And so, and then another action scene. And so I, that worked for me. Again, I think if you're wanting this movie to win an Oscar, that is not the route you take. Yeah. You need to develop the characters. We we know literally probably a sentence worth of background on all of the Justice Society characters. I've seen some criticisms from people around Hawkman oh. that he has a very complicated backstory. Other planets. I don't know any of these characters from the comics very well, but they don't touch any of that. And again, I was like, that's fine. Because to me, I don't know if you remember this, Maya, but... Um, when Justice League was about to come out, the, the original Justice League movie, DC kind of had this idea in their head of, well, oh, Marvel did this thing where it was a bunch of solo movies and built up to a team-up movie. And DC said, we're going to do the team-up movie. We're going to do Justice League. And then from there, we're going to break off and do solo movies. And people were mm -hmm. like, you're crazy. And, and the movie was not very good and all that. But when I was watching this movie, I was like, this is how you do it. You have mm -hmm. a movie where it's about one person, but then you bring in these other characters like the Justice Society and you only give people a taste, like give them as much action as they want because then you know they're cool, but just give them a taste about who they are. And like, I want to see all four of those people again, despite again, Absolutely. not seeing a lot about them in the movie. I, I would love to see Adam Smasher again. Like I thought he was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. What was it? Was her name? Tornado? What'd you say her name was? Her, it's Cyclone is like her. Cyclone. Her yeah. superhero name, but I forget what her actual name is in the story. And like her non played by Quintessa uh, Swindell, and they're like, "Yeah, she's a genius, and she controls air." And I'm just like, mm -hmm. "That's so cool." So yeah, so like I said, it worked really well for me, and part of that is because I went in with really low expectations. Because mm -hmm. I think before I'd gone in, the only things I'd seen about it were that it was 
Like, yeah, there's some good parts, but overall it was very negative. So I was like, okay, I'm going to just, I'll go in and not have any expectations. And I think it paid off for me. I was very happy with it. It's so surprising because when there's a few people I follow on TikTok who were at the premiere and granted, oh. we could have been paid. So maybe I was skewed. So I saw overwhelmingly positive. Like I was like five or six people that were like, this is, you know, DC's on the up and up. And then I go to the Rotten Tomato score and then I start reading other reviews. Um, and I'm like, oh gosh, this is this is rough. So um I was it was as a pleasant surprise for me for sure. Yeah, I think it's one of those movies where you it's probably not as critically successful because again there's pieces of it that are clearly missing from the movie, but from an audience perspective, this feels a lot like a top gun of just like, I just want some dumb fun on the screen. I just want to go see a really fun movie. And this movie does the job, at least for me. That's, mm -hmm. that's kind of how I saw it. Um, so uh, kind of the background. So it was directed by, I think his name is Jaume Colette Sarah, written by Adam Sitzkiel, Rory Haynes, and Sorhab uh, Noshirvani. Uh, plus, I think Dwayne the, Dwayne Johnson was heavily involved in this movie. And this is, you may not know this, Maya. This movie has been in development for 15 years. There, and I, I and even forgot Dwayne about Johnson it. was been like it's yep, attached yep. to that one. I'd completely forgotten about this, but this was back. It would have been when I, I was in high school, and they had they were doing some announcements, and he was rumored to have been a to be black Adam. They're like, Oh, Dwayne, the rock Johnson's this thing. But then, you know, it went quiet for a while. And then there was this and that, right. It got pushed and then it got moved. And then there was a Shazam like this, this had been in works for a long time, switching directors being in development. Hell, like it's gone through a lot to get to where it's at. And you see that often with movies where the longer it's in development like that, especially for these kinds of movies, there's a chance that they end up like this where it's like, yeah, there's some cool parts, but there's also some half-baked things that aren't, you know, it's like, cause it's been working for so long that sometimes I feel like the longer you sit on something, you start over critic, you know, getting overly critical with it. And it's like, just put the movie out. But um, yeah, so there was a lot that went into the making of this film. And most of that was driven by the rock. I mean, that was, it was yeah. him being like, I'm going to be Black Adam. And then everyone just lost their minds. And, you know, there was no story behind it, no script or anything like that. And you see, he's been heavily marketing this movie. And he's been, he's the one who spoiled the uh, the Superman leak as well. He, oh, he uh, did? <laughs> I mean, he'd been talking, he said something about like, uh, I don't remember the exact quote, but I, and I read it after the movie, thankfully. I did get spoiled too, though, because again, I think, Everyone kind of yeah, knew it was coming because they kept asking him that question. Would you want to fight Superman? And he'd say stuff like, well, you're gonna have to wait and see or something. It was like, come on, man, like we get it, you know. And so there's yeah. been articles that say like the rock spoiled Superman, but it still worked, I think. Yeah, I thought it was interesting, too, because it seemed like a, a significant portion of the movie. It's like we need to establish Black Adam for being so much better than the heroes that we've seen. Like, literally, when he, like, um, what is the little boy's name? Um, who did a great Amon? job, by the way? Huh? Amon? Yeah, Amon. Remember, he was, like, punched through, like, Superman, The Flash, Aquaman. There was, like, all these random, like, just juxtapositions where he is somehow just ruining something that, portrays yep. another superhero um and then there were so many scenes where it's like oh i'm so powerful um 
and I, I, I mean, it worked, but it definitely felt like, okay, this is a, a huge emphasis that's like no other character really needs to do all this. Um, I did think, um, well, we, we might touch on it later about like some of the nitpicks, but something I did want to say yeah. um, that may be a little bit different from you, like the politics part of it, I felt like really resonated with me. So I felt like it was deliberate. I think you may feel like it got kind of swept under the rug, but especially at the end when like the people actually came out and start fighting, like I feel like whole yeah, ISIS storyline was like carrying that portion of of the movie, like kind of just seeing how it's like culture, history, resistance. Um, mm. And I thought that was really beautiful. And I think it's probably the biggest thing that I liked about the, the movie. Yeah, and that's a good point. I think I think maybe what I'm I'm was referring to more is the uh, the diving into it with the heroes themselves, because you know there oh. there was a there was a couple of moments where um and we'll make sure so her, her name was Adriana Tomas, played by Sarah Shahi, but um mm -hmm. she tells Hawkman, remember she's explaining all of that to him, and he kind of just gives like a ho hum sort of thing, and I would have mm -hmm. I would have liked for like let's come back to that, let's talk about that later of like. You need to understand that you're coming into someone else's country and all of these things. So they touch on that part. But yeah, when it comes to just overall, I liked that bit. I did. There were people in my theater sitting next to me when the when Aman did the thing and they <laughs> did it in the theater. And I was like, whoa, oh like, I've never seen that before. And they looked around and no one else was doing it and they put their hands down. But I was like, they were feeling the moment like that was a powerful moment of this kid, you know, just inspiring and I love, I did love the bit when he was uh, at the very beginning, when he's going through the checkpoint and he's like just spouting off all that political wisdom to the guard saying, uh, yeah. well, he's, I don't remember what he was saying, but he's like, yeah, you guys aren't even supposed to be here and all that stuff. And turns out mm -hmm. he's working with the people in the truck anyway, which was, uh, was pretty yeah. cool. There was a piece, and I guess let's talk about some of the nitpicks. There's a piece, I, I one thing, which again, I don't really care about, but they made a real big point in that opening fight uh, in the desert when the guy shoots the, what was it called? Eternium. I loved that name, by the way. I was like, that's a cool element, I guess. It's like vibranium. Uh, but he shoots him with like the Eternium bullet or gun and it damages him. And he's and like knocks him out to the point where he has to get taken home and put in a bed. And so I'm like, okay, this stuff is serious. We found his kryptonite. And then he wakes up and uses his own power to just heal himself. So I was like, okay, but then never again is it done the rest of the movie. No Eternium is ever used against him. I'm like, but they keep talking about, oh yeah, we have Eternium weapons and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, but you never tried to do that again. Like this one guy gets a shot off at him and you, you know, three people nice. have shot him. You'd probably have been dead, but again, doesn't work for the story. But so it was like little things like that, where I could see they were trying to show something, but they just didn't follow through with it later. And I'm not complaining because again, those action scenes were just so great. And some of those other story bits worked really well too. But yeah, I, uh, did you notice that too? I did, but I think, and even though it wasn't as powerful, but you know, at the end where the guy who turns into a demon, there was like a blue wall separating him. I think that's how they kept Black Adam out temporarily, just because it was made of that, that oh, element. That but it sense. wasn't significant. It wasn't like, they didn't position it like a kryptonite, like it should have been, because it was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Let I me ask like you this. Go ahead. I was gonna say, do you did you think 
because uh, I did, and I honestly got a little upset for a minute because then the action started, and I was like, okay, cool. When they stopped him, or when he agreed, he said, he was like, don't let me say Shazam again. That, and that's another nitpick. Where was Shazam? Or where was, you know, I wanted some more Shazam sort of backstory, less than mm-hmm. super, more than Superman. But they stop him. They put him in the thing underground in the Arctic or wherever it is they were. I thought that was the end of the movie. And I was just really? like, I was like, wow, like, man, that's like, that's a choice. I was like, what a way to go. You know, he gives up. So I was like, okay, so the next movie's going to be about them probably going to be in need and they're going to need to break him out or something. And then I was like, the, the movie's still going. I was like, the just there, the, and then I was like, oh, it's another fight. And then he breaks out and whatnot. And I was like, oh man, but for a minute there, I thought the movie was ending. And then when it kept going, I was like, man, this movie feels long. <laughs> but yeah, that must have been like an hour into the movie or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's what I'm like. Wait, there's no way this movie's about to be over with the, the right. idea did cross my head, but I'm it like, me. Are they really about to break him out type thing. And I, I feel like that was kind of a little unnecessary. Like, I get it. You want to be put back. But I don't know. I just felt like it, it took a, a little bit away because we knew he was going to get back out eventually if it was that yeah. early in the movie. But no, I the, the thought definitely crossed my mind. Okay. So, yeah, maybe I, I, I must have been just really enjoying the film. I didn't know how long. Time was passing differently for me while I was in there. <laughs> I, um, okay. Um, so we, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Maya. I did want to say, like, one of my nitpicks was, like, the like slow motion like the speed capabilities like he used it so much in the beginning and then he was getting his ass beat i'm like why don't you like in the middle and then we saw him at the end like he saved the bullet because he was moving fast but we didn't really see them in the middle of the like series so it's like the inconsistent power set like okay sometimes you can move really fast and you can use it to prevent something and then other times you're just taking punches Yep. So yeah, it was like whatever was, you know, whatever the scene called for to make it an entertaining scene. We want him to be all powerful, but we still need him to be able to like. At some point, all powerful is boring, right? We need someone to be able exactly. to stop him a little so he can rise up again. And yeah, I got that, mm-hmm. but yes, same thing. I'm like, where, where was all the power? And who knows? Who knows? You know, he was slowly becoming a softy as time went on because of Amon and. Uh, just the idea, I think, I think he liked the idea of the Justice Society because there's just a piece of him that wanted to carry out his son's legacy. And that piece, what do you think of that? Okay, I, again, I was spoiled about the, you know, the cameo at the very end of the movie. And I see Late Night Alum just joined us. Welcome. We are talking spoilers for Black Adam. So for those of you, because uh, we're about to talk about a big spoiler coming up. But, um, and this is a spoiler too. So it's revealed and was a twist for me. It is not the son who is Black Adam. It is his father. So I guess it answered the question of, so when you turn into Shazam as a kid, you're turning into like the best version of yourself as an adult because the rock just turned into a buffer rock. And so I was like, okay, so he's not transforming into a different person. He's just bigger now. So I kind of put that aside, but I was like, wow, that's a a pretty uh, interesting choice because – like, okay, so he comes out of nowhere and it's just like, I'm going to give my dad these powers. And then the dad's like, well, I don't want this. And then the son dies. And it's like, wow, I can't imagine. Again, it's a fictional country, but being in like Egyptian times, dealing with slavery and having that, I, I, I would have been so stressed out as a father. I would have just been like, this is a lot going on right now. Like, holy cow. Yeah, you have nothing to look forward to. And I, I was a little, okay, 
I'm like, okay, that, that really sucks. That's why it reminded me of The Dark Knight Rises so much because remember how they position it like we were watching Bane as a child and his origin story, but really it was Homegirl who ended up being the bad guy. Maya, I yeah. have not seen that movie in a long, like I haven't seen that in a couple of years. I, now I see what you're saying and it's all yeah, coming like, back to me. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So it, yeah, it was right. like, okay, the switcher, it felt like they were purposely trying to be like, we got to add some sort of twist to it. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, I could have done with or without it, but it was cool to just see like the family unit. Cause I was thinking maybe Black Adam and um, Aman's mom, will they get together? But it showed like he did have a family and his family dynamic ahead of time, which I get that they wanted to establish that beforehand or before mm -hmm. the end of the movie. And I, I did have to do some mental gymnastics around how he survived because originally I thought it was a kid. And I was like, so how is he not dead? It's been a thousand years. And then I was like, wait a minute. No. Okay. So if you are Shazam or, or Black Adam in this sense, if you have that power of Shazam, I think it gives you longevity. So mm -hmm. you could be locked up for 10 million years and you'd come out fine. But then the minute that, I guess the minute you turn back into your normal self, you're just right back where you were a day later. So like if mm -hmm. it had been the kid and he said Shazam, he would have been a kid just in current day, which I'm cool with. I was fine with, but they don't mention anything about that. So like I had to do the math in my head for a sec. Cause I was, I was like, wait a second. So if it's the dad, but then it's the same, you know, same concept. So again, some things they just didn't really lay out, but I figured it out along the way. So it made, it made it a little more enjoyable. I was like, okay, I got it. Um, we got to talk about Dr. Fate Maya. Cause he, he was my favorite character of the movie. Yes. I agree. The, the not necessarily the, the eccentricity of him, of like, you know, the, the mentions of like, Oh yeah, he, he looks at possible futures and he's constantly stressed out or something. And then Pierce Brosnan is just saying these very cryptic things. And it was like, man, he's so cool. And then he, you know, touches the helmet and gets a vision or puts the helmet on. And he's just like, oh, the, again, 100% like Dr. Strange, but I was <laughs> able to separate myself enough to be, I was cheering in the movie of just like, man, that's so cool. Or that is so cool. Like the way he just did certain things, you could tell how powerful he was. And, and they did that on purpose, right? They showed you multiple superheroes of different calibers going up against Black Adam. And Dr. Mm -hmm. Fate, beyond obviously Adam Smasher, uh, was really the only one that like could come close to even stopping him. And I loved that it was yeah. like, I'm just transfer. You never knew what it was either because it's like, is he going to a different dimension? Or he's got the knowledge of like different Dr. Fates from across. You, I, I have no idea what it was, but I was like, I need a Dr. Fate movie. And I can't believe they killed him in the movie. But I think they purposely did that because... They know they know they got something there. I'm sure someone else is going to get to play the character. I mean, Hawkman got to play the character for a bit too, which was pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Which kind of symbolized, in a sense, right, that other people could become Doctor Fate. But man, just the idea of like that whole idea, I thought is more interesting than the Doctor Strange concept of like, oh, you got just got to go train and whatnot. Like, I love the concept. Yes. Of, I found this helmet, and when I put it on, I get visions of the future, and I have powers, and the combined strength of whatever just was so cool i love dr fate and like i i agree like his origin like how it works i thought was a little bit more compelling than the first dr strange movie and i and to, like you said like i think he mentioned like oh the helmet chose me or whatever so when hawkman like showed up and like he we thought he died but obviously he didn't like the illusion i literally cheered in the theater because i'm like let's go 
it was so cool to watch that. And then I just really hope someone kind of carries the helmet like mantle and like, so we can see it again. But um, I really liked him. And then I, I felt like I did know that he was going to die just because when he predicted Hawkman, I'm like, they're not going to show that prediction. And then it come true. You know, I, it was kind of like his oh, Doctor yeah. Strange, there's only one way type of vibe. I'm like, oh, he's he's in the middle of that. He's making plans. So um, I liked it. I, I really wish we would have known their dynamic a little bit more before this movie. But obviously, you're balancing so many different characters. Like you said, every one of these characters could have got their own own movie, own series, and I would be 100% invested. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, so. you know, his was funny because the way you say it, too, because he kept calling Hawkman old friend and like, mm -hmm. oh, we've been through so much together. And I'm just like, give me that backstory. I want to know. Like, right. I want to know about this. But your, the vision portion as well, that messed me up because that happened mm -hmm. around the same time as that ending. So I was like, so they showed these flashbacks. I was like, ooh, they must be like alluding to a future movie because we're not going to get to know. And then the rest mm -hmm. of the movie took place. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, it's here. But yeah, so it was cool. I, I was expecting like, oh, Hawkman's going to die. Makes mm -hmm. sense, but maybe it won't be the way we think or maybe he stops it because there's that bit where he says something like, I'm just going to go do it. But then I actually got a little choked up when Dr. Fade said something like, I'm going to be doing this. And then like closed the, the I was mm -hmm. like, whoa, okay. So the opposite of Dr. Strange, right? He knows the fate and he's just going to sacrifice himself anyway. He totally didn't have to though. Like he, he was yeah. doing great at buying time. He could have just bought a couple more minutes and then Adam would have showed up and, uh, and it all would have been fine, but whatever. Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, we said Cyclone. We said she was awesome, too. I, I loved her character. I thought she was great. Um, Adam Smasher. So uh, same guy from uh, P.S. I was it To All the Boys I Loved Before. Yeah. P.S. I Love You. But um, mm -hmm. I thought he was good. He was kind of the comedic relief, but I really liked – I think my favorite scene with him was when he was in the uh, the jet with uh, yes, Cyclone. Cyclone. And mm -hmm. she's, like, explaining what she did. And he's like, that is so cool. He's and like, she's like, you, like this yeah. Cool. And she's like, you grow to be X amount of height. And you think that's cool. She's like, don't change or something like, I loved that whole idea of where he's just, yeah. everything is wonder to him. And yet he also can grow super big. And I love, he just smashes black Adam. Uh, yeah. I, I thought he was cool. Yeah. I liked it a lot. And I would love to see like little thought, maybe a little romance was don't have to force it, but I think they had a lot of on-screen chemistry um and i mean it's so hard not to see the the ant-man similarities though with him and because he was like supposed to be like kind of like the dopey funny like but like blunt of the joke blunt of the joke whatever the phrase is so he's like very similar to like scott lang but um yeah. i i really liked him they almost him and cyclone almost felt like a spider-man ask like these are like the young people in the group where they're still learning um but I, I liked it. It was like Hawkman, Dr. Fate, heavy hitters. And then they had like these two up and coming heroes um, that really worked well with each other. But I liked Adam Smasher a lot. Mm -hmm. And speaking and of Hawkman. that mask, that Deadpool mask really gave right. me his, like, no eyes. Mm -hmm. It was cool. Yeah. Uh, Hawkman I thought was really cool as well. Uh, played by Aldous Hodge, who uh, he's been in a ton of stuff. Um, yeah. I liked Again, I didn't need his backstory because I've seen some of the cartoons with Hawk War. It was a Hawk Girl or Hawk Woman. I know there's one of each, but 
I loved his wings. Thought that was great. I love the mask. I love his flight. I, you know, we got the classic uh, mace that he uses. But I will say, when he turned that mace into an axe, I was like, uh, it was kind of like the uh, was it Okoye of the? Why has she been up there this whole time? I'm like, <laughs> right. why are you just now turning this into another weapon? Like, you, clearly the mace didn't work the first time with Black Adam. Uh, you'd think he'd have turned into another weapon, but he was a great foil to Adam of like, here's, here's your straight laced Captain America kind of person of, you know, we want to do the right thing though. He seems a little murkier than Captain America, but I, like I said, I'd just love to have gotten more conversations around how he felt about things. Cause he kept just being like, ah, fine, whatever. Like the, the bit where uh, black Adam's like, fine, I won't kill them. And he takes the two people up into the sky and then throws the mat down and, and Hawkman catches them. And he's like, I thought you said you weren't going to kill anyone. He's like, yeah. I didn't. You saved them. Like, that's the whole point. <laughs> and the other one's like, he's got a point. Uh, so, yeah, there's he he was a good foil. He got beat up a lot, too, though. Did you? Mm-hmm. What did you think of that? I feel like he got destroyed like four times in the movie by Black Adam. Yeah, he was going through it for sure. But I yeah. really liked how they established, like, even Black Adam. He's like, no, he's the hero. Tell you about Hawkman. Because it's like there has to be some gray area, like, a black Adam where you have to kind of like be okay to be doing some really messed up stuff. And I think it was interesting with like Hawkman's character because he tried to play by the rules, but still didn't work. That wasn't good enough. So um, I thought that was in like, again, so hard not to see the similarities between Sam (laughs) from like Captain America's Sam version. So um, I really liked, I think he's a great team leader. I still really confused of like, I and then maybe the comics will answer this like Justice Society versus Justice League because I'm like no matter how straight laced you are you're still answering to Amanda Waller, who is, you know, great. I know that part was like okay, yeah, exactly. So I'm like, I'm curious to know like their dynamics is definitely different from like a Suicide Squad situation, but um, I would love to like learn more about their their team dynamic. Yeah, I do know. I don't again. I don't know much, but I know in the comics, those are two separate comic titles. So like, there was a comic of Justice Society of America, and then there's also the Justice League of America, and um, they're they're different groups in the sense of you know the Justice League is the big ones, right? Batman, Superman, Flash, and then Justice Society is some of the lesser known B list characters like that. But I did find that interesting. I was like, so you, you you want to do the right thing, but you're working for Amanda Waller and she is right. the worst human in this universe. Um, right. So, yeah, that part was strange. But at the same time, I was, I, you know, even with Hawkman, I'm thinking to myself, I, I never even made the comparison to Falcon in the movie. But afterwards, I was like, oh, 100 percent. But if they had shown his backstory, people probably wouldn't have because there's like alien things in it and he's from some other planet and stuff. And it's like. You show that no one would say, "Oh, this is just like Falcon." Like he's totally different. But and his like castle was in Louisiana. Did you see that? Like when we see the Justice Society, like the little Versailles. That's right. That's right. You yes, yeah, it was in Louisiana. Yeah, Louisiana. I'm like, (laughs) wow. And that that uh, that was definitely like the X Mansion as well. from X-Men, I think, you know, oh, the yeah, opening yeah, yeah. and the basketball court and the mm-hmm. the whatever, you know, the ship flies out was. But again, I was cool with it. I, I thought it was mm-hmm. fine. Um, okay, so any uh well, let's say any final thoughts. Last piece. Uh so we get a cameo at the end. We get a uh, after a post credits of uh, Amanda Waller saying something like somebody wants to talk to you. Well, you just saw. What what is it that Amanda Waller even says? She was like, well, you broke out of my prison, 
So if you ever leave that town or that country, you know, you will be sending people from other planets. I think that's what she said. Like, it's not, she, oh, right. Like, yep. We're going to be, it was like a threat. And he's like, I can kill anybody on this planet. Send them all type thing. Yeah, and yeah, then he did like, send them all. And then he destroyed it. Superman shows up. Yeah. So I, um, I was spoiled by our own people in this. I think I'm, I'm, Okay, I'm 100% positive. It was Kevin. It's our good friend of the show, Kevin. Look, I know he's excited. He, uh, and it's partially my fault. He was immediately talking about it before the movie even came out and he had it in the spoiler tags and I clicked on the spoiler tag and saw it. But I tell you, if he hadn't told me, I'd have seen it from The Rock, right? I'd have seen literally every tweet that's come out in the day after Thursday has been Mm -hmm. about Superman. So I'm sitting there. Like, oh, we hadn't seen Superman yet. So I was like, the minute she said off world, I was like, okay, cool. It's Superman. But then they really dragged it out of like, who's the shadow floating in the fog? Oh, down he comes. And it's like, come on, come on. Oh, he's slowly coming out of the shadows now. Only, oh, is that blue and red? Yeah. Oh, it's Superman. Mm -hmm. So I, even in my theater, uh, a couple people, I heard like grumblings of like, ooh, ooh, ooh. But no cheers, which I was like, okay. And I've heard some other people had cheers. I don't know if it's because of my theater, but very glad to see him. I was glad that he came in, especially since the last time was Shazam and we didn't even see his head. Um, But yeah, so it was not a surprise to me. I'm excited for it going forward. Uh, But yeah, they teased a lot for honestly nothing other than the confirmation that Henry Cavill is back, which uh, for some, that's plenty enough. Yeah, I it was also spoiled for me. TikTok and just don't care. Oh sure. Um, <laughs> but um, I'm excited because I'm like, okay, we finally have someone who can match the power level. So I don't know if they're gonna be friends or foes. But if we do get something with them two together, like another film, um, I would love them to like as a team up, like as a unit. Like, hey, we're gonna be doing like handling all this insane stuff. So. I mean, it's cool. It worked for me, but like it wasn't super shocking since I saw the spoiler. <laughs> yeah. And so especially with the those power sets, I would hope, you know, future forward, whatever they decide to do is like a villain worth it because I, I want to see them go all out against somebody who can tackle that because Superman and Black Adam together. I feel like like who could even stop that? Like to me, that's just two right. supermans basically so and then could you imagine if shazam showed up too that's oh basically gosh. three supermen so um yeah just absolutely wild uh so yeah could overall, show up in fury road is it not fury road gosh that's mad max gods fury gods or whatever the next shazam movie, the next shazam movie yeah yeah that i saw black adam's gonna be in it i mean i feel like there could be a good a good possibility homeboy who gave them both the same powers um yep. there could be a connection I hope, honestly, especially if it's the Fury of the God, aren't they the gods, the one who gave them the power? I, especially now that, you know, canon wise, Adam is here. He's in the present moment. He'd been locked away for thousands of years. So mm. I, I would love that. I would love to see them together because I think they're dying. I mean, Zachary Levy is essentially Amon in that sense, right? Like he's just an older version of a kid. So to mm-hmm. see them together, would be um would be great. Oh, and look at this late night three Superman, Dr. Manhattan has entered the chat. Yeah, <laughs> we need that too. And that's DC. So Oh that my would god, be that would be epic. Honestly, all three of them versus Dr. Manhattan would probably be a fair fight because 
I still think Manhattan would probably win just because he can like, you know, he can take apart matter. So yeah, he can just like, like point at all three of them and make them all disappear. But uh, I'm sure the writers wouldn't make it that way. Uh, so let's, uh, we'll, we'll wrap up on this. Any final thoughts on this movie? You should have got a higher um, Rotten Tomato score, but I was pleasantly surprised and I can't wait to see the future of the characters. Yeah, absolutely. I'm in the same boat. So I'm glad, I'm glad we both enjoyed it. Uh, so switching gears from movie to a TV show. Uh, for those of you that maybe tuned in to Earth's Mightiest Weirdos and were following along during the weeks where uh, they were talking about She-Hulk, we are going to be talking about the season as a whole. So we will not be breaking down episode by episode. Uh, and Maya, I know I'm excited to see uh, what you have on yours, but I had said, well, what if we just talked about maybe our top five favorite scenes from the show, uh, but also, you know, overall. So we'll start there, though. Overall thoughts on uh, Marvel She-Hulk. Uh, that premiered on Disney Plus back in, gosh, was that September? Or, no, it was August. And uh, it was like the end of August, right? And then went through September into October. It's finally over. Uh, and I don't say that to say finally it's over. But, you know, there's just been a lot of buildup with a lot of MCU stuff this year. So yeah, um, sure. after finally getting to see all of it at once sort of thing, what uh, what did you think about this show? Honestly, Alex, I'm really conflicted because I love the last episode, but it kind of recontextualizes the whole series. So like watching the last episode made me think of the whole show differently. But my thoughts is like, there's some really good episodes that I liked, but then there's some just episodes I'm like, this is not moving the plot forward. And it almost yep. felt like that was probably by design. So like the actual experience of watching weekly wasn't very high. But after watching the season finale, going back and like understanding like what they were actually trying to build, it increased a little bit. So it's like, okay, is it the ending that justifies it or the actual experience watching it? Watching it. So I would say it's like middle of the tier for Disney Plus series for me. Um, and so it's you say middle of, middle of the road. Yeah, middle of the road. I I wouldn't. I wouldn't, it's tough because I can't really, there's no Moon Knight by any means. Let me say that's my favorite. Disney <laughs> Plus, but, I agree. Um, but I really loved like the, a lot of the aspects of the female experience in the workplace, online. There's so many different things that it, the show did really well. But in terms of, I do feel like what they were, like the whole message at the end, it was a little conflicting because like with the whole Kevin like, you know, the algorithm that creates the storyline. So are we saying that Marvel does follow a formula? And then, like, that everything around Titania, these random characters, was, like, a joke? Or are you saying, like, moving forward, we're going to do things differently? I guess I'm a little confused about the ethos of the show. So that's my thoughts. A little scattered, but I really want to hear your perspective. Yeah, honestly, my thoughts were very scattered with it as well. I loved that finale when it comes to finales of the MCU shows. I would say that's probably one of the top ones for me, just because there's a lot of expectation going into them. And I feel like each time we uh, we didn't kind of get what we were expecting, which is our fault. But at the same time, even with Marvel, right, you know, a lot of those last episodes were, ah, here's the new costume finally, or here's the villain reveal finally. And so in this one, 
it was the you know they broke the mold on all of that and and this is the one show they could with she hulk being someone who breaks the fourth wall but i totally agree with you and i think my money is on this being like a microcosm because mm -hmm. you know i until um because i had only read some recent she hulk stuff and that John Byrne run from the 70s is really the only thing I think that has that breaking of the fourth wall. So I didn't even know she did it before the announcement of the show when I kind of went back and read things. I wonder if it's the same thing of like, OK, you know, she broke the wall here. Th this made sense for the show, but it's not going to affect anything going forward in the sense of we're still going to make the movies we're going to make X, Y and Z. I think it was more of them just poking fun at themselves at Kevin Feige's expense, which again, hats off to them um, for no being able to do that for Kevin being cool with it uh, because that all worked really well. But yeah, I, you know, there were parts of me, I'm like, so, you know, when she's like, Oh, the X-Men coming. And I was like, he's not going to, and it was like, uh, you know, I can't tell you that or whatever he was that he said. I'm like, yeah, obviously. But as a sort of venue for fan service, I think this show did that really well, both for the really good fans and also for the really bad fans, because yeah. they made a really great job calling out all of the, the MCU stuff that, you know, especially in that last episode, but mm -hmm. obviously throughout the entire series. And so hats off to them because, Right. They, they called out a lot of things that uh, and I don't know if that's last minute editing, but remember, there's that one episode where they showed like the comments in the YouTube page and they were mm -hmm. identical to real life comments. But it's like mm -hmm. so those real life comments came out when the show was airing. So did they grab, no, I, screen grab them and edit them into the show or I so I thought that those comments came from the announcement of She-Hulk, like right after the, the 2019 Comic-Con. Like the social media reactions to a She-Hulk. Oh, well, that's the case. I could have that got that completely. I could have got that wrong. That was my assumption, but I I can't say for sure. So I thought it was like early on, like comments around it early on. Well, then either I mean either way, it's still a good showing that they knew they knew who their audience was, right? They knew that mm -hmm. there's going to be diehards who are watching it and loving it, and that's where you get your Daredevil, you get your Wong, you get the cracking open of the fourth wall in that last episode, but then you get mm -hmm. the the teasing of how, how dumb these people are in terms of, I still crack up, excuse me, at that line, the guy talking about Thor, he's like, yeah, now there's a lady Thor. You know, I've, I've got no problem with a lady Thor, but what, what does he say? So something about like, well, what about, you know, we just had a guy do it or something, whatever it was like, yeah, we did have a guy do it. Thor was a guy. Like, do you not miss that point? Or was something about whatever it was, it was like, dude, you're arguing against yourself at this point. Like what you're saying is what happens. So I don't know mm -hmm. where this is going. So like that whole bit, I thought all the dating stuff was really powerful too. Mm -hmm. Both from a, for me, it was super annoying because I'm like, I can't believe people are like this. Like I can't believe men out there are like this. Just drove me nuts. Cause I, I, you know, was never really on that dating scene in that, in my thirties, obviously. So just weird to me, but it was nice to see it because I'm saying to myself, like, this seems real, right? From what I've heard from comments from people, this is very accurate. And I'm just like, wow, hats off to them for saying, you know what? We're just going to make a 30 minute lawyer comedy show that is true to life. Like, obviously, the superhero stuff isn't, but the dating is the trying to get by at work, having a best friend, balancing that, that work life balance, like all that stuff I thought was really great. But yes, so um, I'll, I'll just say it now. She-Hulk is my least favorite of the Marvel shows. 
Uh, but I get given an eight out of 10. So least favorite among my favorites, basically. Like I still loved the show. I'll definitely watch it again. But even, I mean, I, I, I sitting down thinking about it and I was like, okay, I wasn't a huge fan of that Killmonger episode, but mm-hmm. I would take, you know, when Ultron wins over every single She-Hulk episode. So I was like, okay, you know, and maybe even again, there's some, there's some bits of it, but I was like that. Cause that's, that was my previous lowest rated was uh, again, as an eight was what if, but I'm like, there's just the fact of what if being animated plus it being anything can happen. Like to me, that bumps it a little bit above this where I thought anything could happen in the show, but there are certain episodes where it's like, is something gonna happen? Cause you're making it seem like it, but nothing happened in this wedding episode, right? Like there's, yeah. and it clearly it set it up, right? You know, he meets the, she meets the guy, but yeah. So overall, um, like I said, enjoyed it. I hope we get a second season of it. I think this is a show that would thrive with a second season. Now that they know, you know, they're going to see way more audience reactions now from, you know, all these reviews and whatnot. Um, but yeah, so I, I liked it. There are some episodes that I didn't like as much. There's some episodes I really loved. I'd say my favorite episode was probably episode eight. Um, just cause at that point I feel like she Hulk was kind of who she wanted to be. Plus we got daredevil and I liked the, the court drama as well. That was probably my favorite part of the series is the court drama. And I loved that court case. So, um, mm-hmm. that was it. Do, do you have a favorite episode? I Man, it's it's tough. It's between the the Matt Murdock episode and then the Meg the Stallion episode. I think, or even the last episode. Actually, I'm gonna say the last episode. I got to because there is, even though like the others, like it was very strong. I feel like, like telling me what the show was trying to do was very powerful, mm-hmm. and the message really spoke to me. So I got a good last episode. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, uh, favorite character from the show. Oh man, this is tough. Honestly, it's gonna be between like Jen herself, but what's what's her bestie's name? Um, Nikki. Nikki, I really like Nikki. I would yeah. say Nikki's probably my yeah. If I can't Nikki's choose obviously too. Jen, I'm choosing Nikki. Yeah, I feel like you could say beside if you want to say besides Jen, but I mm-hmm. uh, you know there's some certain pieces of I associate Jen with She Hulk. And there's still, you know, as good as it was, there's still some bits. I think it was in the second or third episode when she's walking in her office as She-Hulk that we talked about. She looks like a sim (laughs) walking like, and to me that, that takes her down a notch because that's technically Jen. Um, So yeah, my favorite was definitely Nikki. And I would have said a close second would have been Mallory. uh, Cause I thought she was really cool as well. Um, And then, you know, Pug was amazing too. It was a great supporting cast for the show. I would say maybe one of the better supporting cast. funny. I liked Emil too. Like oh yeah, was- exactly. Yeah. So, and then yeah. even the, what was his name? Crusher uh, or whoever it was, the thunder, uh, the guy from the Re- wrecker uh, who was a bad guy from the wrecker. Oh crew, yeah. And then the ended up being a good guy. Like I liked him a lot too. I thought he was cool. Once mm-hmm. I was sure that he was no longer a bad guy. Right. Um, okay. But top five favorite, do you have a top five favorite moments or scenes from the show? I do. Okay, well then let's uh we'll go we'll go back and forth one to one uh and I'll let you start. And they're okay, in no so particular order. So no number five, right? Huh? We don't... I, I said no particular order, so oh, okay, uh, no you... particular order. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna start and this is gonna be like weird, like why is this even considered like a good scene because how horrible it was? But when they intelligentsia exposed Jen and put like her personal 
like video home footage, like on like in front of everybody at like a women, like a women lawyer um, award ceremony. Like my jaw dropped and it's very, and I never thought that Marvel would even touch something like this. But I think, you know, I've seen a lot of videos talking about like revenge porn and things like being a very real thing. Um, but just like how I thought it was just very powerful. They talk about like, there's some people who do anything to discredit a woman. Like we know that everybody has sex. Well, for the most part, <laughs> um, a lot of people do. It's natural. It's not it's a weird thing. And so like the fact that they take things that are just normal to anybody, like an, any woman to make that be why she's a villain. I thought that was really powerful. Um, and I, I just like that the MCU kind of like pushed the boundary there because I was not expecting for them to do that. So oh, I think yeah. that was good char character building for Jen. Yeah, that was shocking. And mm -hmm. I, yeah, that, that definitely got an emotional reaction for me. And, and uh, there are certain people who criticized the uh, ending of like not addressing that at all. Mm -hmm. And right. honestly, uh, totally valid because I, I get that it's a comedy and yeah, it's part of it, but like they really did dig deep in that episode. Cause I was like, yeah. that is just terrifying. Like on just a per man, it, I'd be nervous if just someone got any of my personal information, but let alone that kind of violation. I was just, I felt so bad for her and I know everyone else did. Right. It was like, just punch the freaking TV, like just punch it because, you know, it'll stop it and no one's going to care. Right. If she just tapped the TV, she could break the TVs. And so the, I kept wishing for something different and it never came because that's not how they did it. But yeah, that's a and it's horrible. They put a, a nip like an inhibitor, like so she couldn't use her powers like she just because she she got she immediately became anyone a criminal. Way. Anyone. So it's like how they villainized her was just so made me so mad and i'm like oh if you got that emotion from me you did something right <laughs> yeah oh 100 so. and you know it, it paid off too in that last episode because that bit where and i think it was it was when she's like wait a minute no 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 this because i love the title whose show is this because she's basically like whose show is this and then it goes to the thing and you hear her go let me get that inhibitor off and she just you hear her like rip it off because i was like yeah if we keep that up of like now she has to wear an inhibitor i would have been mad so i'm oh, it, it served its purpose uh mm -hmm. and, and went its way uh okay so first one i had and, and i'm just going in order of what i saw him i was looking through the episode so uh it's the scene with uh madison coming into uh wong's place <laughs> and saying where am i are you the goblin king that I think that bit might be my favorite of the entire show because it just I laughed so hard at the way she said that of like this dude why is this dude the goblin there's no way this is the goblin king like how dumb are you but it was so mm -hmm. funny to me so like I there are bits of the Ma of Madison that didn't sit right with me but that part sits so well and I loved it like she just the confused confused drunk and like <laughs> are you the goblin king it's like. <laughs> Like yeah. Wong's never been called that before, I'm sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> What's I, your next I, one? Um, my next one, and I would just say, um, like them bringing in intelligentsia when Nikki was like on the computer, like look at all these, like this hate mail, and I, I, I guess I think of it differently, like the ones that maybe like open my eyes a more, like more, I guess, rather than the things that I just found funny. Because that could be a whole nother conversation. There's some of them in here, but I just thought it was really interesting how they brought kind of like the dark web esque into it. I know it's it's Marvel, anything's fair game, but um, I just thought that was like 
like a cool thing. Like a villain doesn't necessarily have to be like a bad guy with powers. Like, right. you know, it's, it's, it's information and like how that information is used um, to really hurt people. And like we you know, being active on TikTok and things like that, you just see how the internet can ruin people's lives. So I really like how they brought that into it. Like they didn't have to have, you know, the Hulk King and Hulk form to do that. Like internet did it. Yeah, they had the uh, Pepe the Frog looking like the Hulk as that logo for the Hulk King. Did you notice that? No. Oh, the, yes. Right? Yes. The like weird frog face. Yes. From 4chan or whatever that is. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's wild. Right. Yeah, they really lean. I love that. They leaned into that so hard, that whole dark web piece. Mm-hmm. Um, my next one is the court scene for She-Hulk's trademark courts court battle, mm. basically, with, with Mallory representing her. Like mm-hmm. I said, I think that overall is probably my favorite part of the show was the court scenes, just because I love legal jargon and talking back and forth sort of thing, the mm-hmm. arguing. Um, you know me, I love debating. But um, so seeing that one and seeing Mallory kind of bouncing off of the lawyer for Titania, but then also seeing Jen being willing to throw herself in front of the bus to have all of the people she went on dates with confess or, or, you know, kind of testify was, Mm -hmm. uh, I just thought that was really cool. It was really powerful. It was very depressing at the same time. It was like, you know, you got the win, right? Like it was the surefire win. So it was a mixed emotions while watching it, which I thought played worked really well for me. Mm -hmm. That's, that's a great scene. Well, I I forgot about that. that. That was a good scene. Yeah. Um, um, there's also the great Titania line of, you know, now we've got this specific beauty product, which I'd like to offer into evidence. Thank you. <laughs> and I was like, ah. <laughs> That's why I'm like, Titania is the Marvel version of Gwyneth Paltrow. Because like these, yes. these sham of products. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Goop, literally. Um, That's funny. Um by the way, I hated Titina this whole series. There's no redeeming factors for her in, yeah. in my she, opinion. She made me laugh sometimes, but overall she was, yeah. Ugh, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe they make her better next season. Oh, God. Hopefully she's not in next season, but yeah. We need or the better. backstory, Maya. You don't know anything about her. That's the problem. We don't know anything about her, so she has no redeeming quality. She's just annoying. I know. I, I guess. Mm. Who knows? Yeah. I'll, I'll be open-minded to it. Let me say okay. that. Um, my next one, uh, Matt and Jen hookup scene, amazing. Especially the next day when he's like walking. Yeah, good morning, man. His walk of shame was so funny, but they had such great chemistry. Oh, and yeah. I remember, oh my God, I, I love them together. Like, yeah. So it's like, at first, I was curious to know if they were actually going to have the show end with a real love interest that wasn't trying to kill her. Mm-hmm. Um, so I liked how that they made Matt her love interest um, and actually had him at the family events and all that stuff. But just seeing that that scene where they're actually coming together um, was great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is the one receipt that I can call from the show was I oh, yeah, that's right. she's going to end up with Daredevil because I, but I just said, cause he's blind. So like he's the ultimate dating partner for her because he would accept her as she is because he has no real idea of what she looks like. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, that's a, that, that bit when Nikki's like, there's a 
devil man walking outside with the cut. Oh, you know that guy, don't you? I was like, oh, that's just so great. Um, okay, my third one was, and I, I just put it as Nikki's wardrobe, but specifically in the uh, that same episode, uh, I think it's called Lean Green and Straight Up Poured into These Jeans, the, the one where she's doing her trademark. Nikki had two costumes in that one where she's just in like Technicolor rainbow. She was in like a rainbow dress that just, Oh, it caught my eye immediately. And then when she was going to the, the, uh, the, well, it was when she was going to the drip broker, but the guy, what was his name? Uh, Luke, uh, Luke Jacobs. Mm-hmm. Um, she had a great, it was like a floral print one that I just couldn't take my eyes off of. And so even, you know, none of the other episodes had anything close to that. Um, they were all great too, but I just, I was marveling at that and the fact that she picked out all of her stuff from her own wardrobe to do. Uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll sneakily add on to that anytime that she was with Jen Mallory or pug. Cause, uh, she was just, she was awesome with all of them. That's why she's my favorite. Yeah. The, the fat Nikki's fashion was amazing. I, I would yeah. say that's something that I noticed too. I'm like, wow. I'm like, I don't even care about Jen's suit anymore. I'm just looking at Nikki. Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. That's a that's a great call out. Um, my second, well, the next one I'm about to say mm-hmm. is the twerking scene. I'm sorry, Meg the oh, Stallion. Yeah. The whole episode was fire, but like, you know, we see like Chris Pratt dancing, listening to songs, like in Guardians. Like, why can't we see women twerk? Like, that's not a bad thing. Like, yep. people don't realize people just dance that way. It doesn't have to be overly sexualized. Like. That's just how people dance. And I just love that it's like great female bonding um, with the scene between her and like she's representing Megan now. So hopefully see Megan again in the future. But I just thought it was hilarious and it was just like perfect. I loved it. Loved it so much. Yeah. That, you know, that was my biggest thing. Everyone's like, Megan's going to be in uh, She-Hulk. Everyone's like, no, it's not confirmed. It's not confirmed. It's not confirmed. It's confirmed. It is, and they played uh, what? What's it? Was it Body? Was the ending yes. song on the thing? And it was like, wow, Marvel. Okay, okay, <laughs> right. This is great. Well, it's probably one of the more least explicit of her songs. So, yeah, yeah. That was uh, oh, look at <laughs> Lena Alum says, I can't wait to get the Legends figure and Hot Toys so I can pose her twerking in my display. That's great. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, okay, so my my next one on here. Uh, Honestly, I'm gonna just put, yeah, because I th- I think this one is probably my favorite, so I'll save it for last. Um, the She-Hulk Daredevil court scene and team up fight scene, so essentially mm. episode eight. But the just the sure firedness of Jen thinking she's got this case in the bag, and Daredevil being like, nope. I can smell the jet fuel, yada yada, like throwing. Oh yeah. nope, it's superheroes. We don't want to reveal their identity. That was amazing into the bar scene, into the fight scene, into the team up scene. Like, and it still felt like she Hulk show, which I thought was so great, especially when we get to that hall fight scene and she just crashes through the ceiling. It's like, nope, nope, don't forget. This is my show, uh, which I just, I loved, but uh, like you said, so similar to yours, you know, the, the dating piece of it as well, just the chemistry between them was absolutely insane. And I loved the idea of, you know, I don't know. You probably haven't, have you seen the uh, daredevil show on Netflix? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, at the end of that show kind of leaves him in a place where 
he's kind of solved his problems. He's not in the best spot, but he's he's in a good spot and he's accepted kind of who he is. So to me, I love this character progression. We still don't know for sure, you know, what's going to stay, what's going to go, but he's the same guy. So like the fact of him being just like, oh, you know what? I'm going to go to California to help a buddy out and I'm going to have fun along the way. And yeah. Daredevil, as serious as he is in the comics, he also has a lot of comics where he's he's the swashbuckler. He's the the guy that smiles at the ladies. And so this, I love that. I love that they leaned into that. I thought that was great. Yeah, I do that. And I think it's just great representation too because like a lot of the times like when you have people with disabilities like in media, they make it seem like they're just like, like they have no, like they, they have to either be super focused on their niche. Like he's living life. He's having the time of his life. And I love that for him. So um so i i agree like that that scene with them together like the court scene and the fighting scene was really awesome mm -hmm. okay so mine this is absolutely my favorite one and this is and this might be yours too i don't know the the confronting the mcuers like at the end with todd like before the fourth wall break where we made the lady uh lady thor i believe that's how the sequence is lady thor comment and just like basically like exposing guys hiding behind screen names online like this is yeah. what i always wish just like all the hateful i've dealt with so many hateful tiktoks like i actually had to delete a few just because like people just use the internet as a way to just be nasty and mean so like being able to see these guys face to face at their little meeting or when like pull up i'm gonna like fight you like I just love that idea of just like exposing these people who are hiding behind usernames. Yeah. Um, and so, cause you know, you take your power away. You're not behind a computer anymore, bud. Like, and how ridiculous Todd looked when he turned into like the actual Hulk version of himself. Yeah. It just shows how these guys really want to view themselves. Like they're, they're big and bad behind a, a screen name, but, but really, you know, y'all are really not anything. So yeah. Again, I feel like this whole season has just been explored so many topics we talked about for She-Hawk, ghosting, online dating. Yes. Um, MCUers, haters, like it's, I felt like that, that scene really kind of brought so much of like, I guess the mission that I tried to, to like communicate to people and share with people who are in the fandom kind of fall, vic not, you know, what am I trying to say? There is a lot of people I know who don't will not directly say I'm an MCUer, but their sentiments are that way, and they have yeah. a lot of similarities to the the cringe guys in the series. So, I feel like um, that scene really gave me an ammo. Oh, just watch episode the last episode of She-Hulk. That's what I'm going to start saying. Yep. Just watch it. Yeah, and you know, and, and to that point too, I think that that might be the the big obviously is the big message of the the uh, show, right? It's a very personal story of Jen's self discovery and self acceptance, but it's a mm -hmm. great message to so many people out there of like, this is the sort of stuff people go through. And yeah, she's a superhero, but like she's going through it with dating, with online trolls, these things that so many women relate to. And when you watch that show all at once or, you know, in chunks versus waiting every week, I feel like that message plays so much better to the mm -hmm. point where you look back on and you're like, I'm really glad this show exists so that you can watch it. Obviously there's some great female empowerment and some of the other Marvel properties, but this is like, that's the theme of this series, at least of this first season. So uh, mm -hmm. I'm really happy that they went there. I agree. 
Um, that's not my top moment. Uh, my top moment, and I, I kind of, well, sort of alluded to it, but I am a huge fan of the band Heim, the Heim sisters. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene in the episode, The Retreat, at the very beginning, where there's a montage to uh, Now I'm In It by Heim, where uh, she's dating Josh and going through the motions oh, yeah. of dating him and all that. I think that's my favorite scene from the show because I I watched it and I immediately started getting emotional the minute I heard the song just because I've watched the music video so many times and I've listened to the song so many times and the song is about that. And so Mm -hmm. for it's like the Miss Marvel songs where it was like there's just those certain songs that obviously I love. But to see someone who's creating a show also be like this would be perfect for this scene uh, just speaks to me because I'm like I would have picked that same song. So. Uh, mm-hmm. I just I loved that whole bit, the tragedy of it all, the excitement and knowing like me knowing from the song, like this is not going to end well, but they're trying to make it look like it's going to end well. And just ugh. so, yeah, I loved that as sad as it was just because I love that song. Mm-hmm. That's great. I, and you're big into music. You all, I remember you pointing that out. Um Like, oh, my God, that song. And it's like nothing like a perfectly timed song with the a scene so i definitely oh, yeah like when and like miss marvel when they had um who's that girl mm-hmm. yep and she's gonna <laughs> Wait, no. but that, that was she hawk was that she hawk now i'm forgetting no they did the may song feels good for miss marvel and then mm-hmm. who's that girl was one of the two. Yeah, but and then they also did. I liked that one of the episodes ended on the "Say My Name," and uh, it was when when she just decided she was She Hulk. And even in that that episode with the Heim song, they had uh, it was I think it's a Dua Lipa song, but the one where it's "So I Cut You Off." I love that song too. Uh, <laughs> when she's like finally decided to cut him off. So yeah, no, uh, yes. MCU is getting getting into it when these TV shows with knowing when to drop in the right music. Uh, mm-hmm. I hope more shows and movies in the MCU take part in that. Uh, Ms. Marvel still wins, though. There were so many good songs on that one. Um, yeah. I still listen great. to that soundtrack so much. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, Maya, we made it through our favorite moments. Uh, any final thoughts on the show before we wrap up? No. I I, I would love to, like, see, like, how MCUers, that may be what I do after this, like, watch some videos and how they react to season, like, the last oh, episode yeah. just to see. Like, mm-hmm. how can you deny that this is the purpose? Like, you're getting called out. Um, yeah. So, but outside of that, I'm really appreciative for the show to explore that. It's almost as if that was like the mission and mandate of the show is to make fans think differently, you know, about fandom, about like this entitlement. Um, and I'm just grateful for that. You don't have to rely on necessarily just articles and YouTubers trying to explain and get to people like that. The very art that you claim to love is calling you out. So yeah. Very, and that's the best kind good. of art, right? The kind of art that makes you question things, change your mind, mm-hmm. make you take a step back and think about stuff. So yeah, right. great point. Um, I will plug one more time before we leave. Now that we're at the end, I know we have a couple people tuning in late night alum said, I love Heim. So awesome. We're in the same boat there. Um, if you missed our announcement at the beginning, this will be our last live stream uh, for the nerd life network, which is uh, in a sense, uh, dissolving. Uh, comics and cinema will still be around. So for those of you turning in, uh, I know late night alum, you've dropped in a couple of times the last few weeks. If you've been enjoying the content, I will still be putting out podcasts as usual. We've got 250 almost episodes uh, up. 
uh, wherever you get your podcast. If you listen on Apple, you listen on SoundCloud. I got to tell you, the podcast experience is really fun because you can listen to that whenever you want. If you're driving home, if you're on a walk, whereas with YouTube, you got to sit there and watch it. So uh, very excited to get there. Schedule won't be changing at all. Uh, the only difference being it won't be a strict Tuesday. It'll be whenever uh, whenever I get the episodes up. So just as long as you have those notifications up, you'll know when I'm posting. Again, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, uh, SoundCloud, anywhere you have it. Uh, Comics and Cinema is there. Maya, thank you so much for coming in on this episode. This was an absolute blast. I'm glad we got to talk about two different superhero items. Yes, thanks for having me, Alex, especially in this special episode. Yeah, so thank you to everyone who's been tuning in over the last few months. Again, this was a really fun opportunity for us to get to do these live streams, um, but also really excited to get back into the podcasting format uh, to continue to give uh, super long episodes, possibly longer than these episodes, and also super short episodes. So whether you're driving, walking, or just looking to listen to something, tune in to Comics and Cinema. And I am your host, Alex Klein. Thank you all so much for listening, and we will see you at the movies. Thank <laughs> you.